0: One, two, three, ah!
1: If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, better rank some Beatles songs with your wife. It's over my personal point of view. Come and rank the Beatles, me and you.
2: Ooh. How about that? That's pretty good.
1: That's what I got today off the top of the head. Wow. Brilliance at work. You're all welcome. Nailed it. Nailed it. I mean, that was like a whole You didn't even know that was coming. I
2: didn't. I am I'm shocked. I I'm stunned.
1: High five. Very nice. <laughs> welcome to Ranking the Beatles episode 21, everybody. I am your host Jonathan. Over here next to me is my beautiful co-host and wife <laughs> julia julia i thought
2: you were gonna
1: say my name sorry uh hi my dear how are you
2: uh i'm sleepy i know that
1: i I know i knew that from the moment i asked it because we (laughs) live together but it just seemed appropriate um but yeah welcome to the show everybody uh if this is your first time we are going down a list of 223 songs written and recorded by the beatles and ranking them in order of uh least preferred to most preferred we don't hate any of them we don't dislike any
2: well,
1: speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I argue there are no bad ones. Julia might disagree, um, but that's what we're doing here on the show. Uh, if you have been here before, you know how it works. Uh, we have a guest on every week um, to discuss these rankings. This week is going to be a little bit different, though, because uh, I guess maybe a year or two ago, my band played a show here in New Orleans uh, with another band, um, and. I've kept in touch with one of the, with the singer from the band, uh, over the social medias as you do. And when we started this podcast, he reached out and said, Hey man, really enjoying the show. I said, thanks bud. Uh, would you like to come on at some point? He goes, well, you know, it'd be fun, but I tell you, my wife is actually a really huge Beatles fan. Not so much me. Um, I'm surprised you didn't murder him. Well, I mean, I feel like you have <laughs> to know somebody a little bit better to do that. Okay. That's fair. If I was to justify that. <laughs> but I'm not going to justify that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But sir, it was justified. He doesn't like the Beatles.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Innocent. (laughs) Um, So I thought it would be an interesting way to look at um, how the Beatles factor into relationships. Uh, Obviously you and I have a relationship uh, in which the Beatles play somewhat of a role as evidenced by the fact that now, 13 years into marriage we somehow have a Beatles podcast which I would venture to say when we first met that would not be something you thought you would have done
2: were there even podcasts when we first met well okay
1: Uh, (laughs) you got me on that one but uh, sure I I get what you're saying yeah Yeah.
2: no I that's probably not a thing that I thought that we would be doing yeah Um, but you know it's been a weird (laughs) it's been a weird year y'all
1: right (laughs) but um yeah, I, I think that there's a, a trajectory in which the Beatles have uh, wedged themselves in our life together.
0: Mm, that's when, fair.
1: If you think back, like over various times in our in our courtship and our marriage and our life, mm-hmm. where the music has been a big part of it, or um, you know, like you know, whether it's a song that we dance to at our wedding, or
2: Oh, nothing good. Did we dance to a Beatles song? In we didn't
1: way? dance to one as like a first dance or anything like that.
2: Uh, I was going to say, but like we definitely had
1: like Beatles music prominently featured throughout our reception. For sure, For sure. Um, we had cocktail napkins oh. uh, that said "All you need is love" on them and things like that.
2: That's right. I um, forgot.
1: On our honeymoon, we took kind of like a side trip. Uh, we we'd gone to Napa and San Francisco, and then took a side trip to Vegas. Even though we're not really into gambling Uh, we took a side trip to vegas just purely to go see the cirque du soleil love show Um,
2: yeah i think we put like a quarter in one machine just so when people are like did you gamble we could be like yes yeah 100% gambled (laughs) yeah i was like and a quarter and it's gone and moving on let's go get some
1: food (laughs) um obviously we've seen Paul in concert several times. Yeah. Uh, we went to London and Liverpool for our 10-year anniversary and went to all the historical spots and all the nerdy things that I'd ever wanted to do, and you were totally game for it. It was fun. We listened to the Beatles' music on a regular basis in the house. Aside from just planning for the podcast. So I, yeah,
2: I'm like pretty regularly now. Yeah. I have to prepare for podcasts and listen to some songs that I've never really heard.
1: And before it was just every time we drove and it was on satellite radio.
2: <laughs> every single time. <laughs> I don't even like, it's ridiculous to pay for Sirius because all he would listen to is the Beatle station. And I'm like, just play it on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever. Right. I'm like there's no sense in paying just and Beatles songs that you have available everywhere else. I
1: don't know. There's something fun about not knowing what's coming, but I guess that's also what the shuffle button is for. So. Exactly. But long story <laughs> short, you know, we have done many a Beatle themed things in our relationship. And I think also, you know, looking at, you know, as far as like me being a musician and looking at the relationship of like a Paul and Linda And a John and Yoko, you know, there are things in each relationship that you can look to as like, and whether it's the reality or not, the way it's perceived, you can say like, oh, that's a great goal. Like Paul and Linda were together for so long, blah, blah, blah. John and Yoko were so close. They had such an intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are things you can look at. They cared about
2: the same things. Yeah. They were politically active together. Exactly. Like that all, I find that very cool.
1: Yeah. And those are things that I think you can look at as like, You know, kind of like couple's goal. Hashtag couple's goal. Yeah. Um, You know, so I I think there's a cool. You know, and Lord knows you've had shitty ex bandmates of mine call you Yoko, at some point in time.
2: Which I happen to take as a compliment. Boom. Eat shit. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We're. We're. I think it's time to kill that as a, uh, as an insult. I agree. If 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 a guy in a band calls a woman Yoko, she should be like, that's right, motherfucker. What about right?
2: it? Yeah. Like, I happen to inspire someone that you think is great enough to be in a band with. So again, eat shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm a fan of this, uh, this. This attitude is badass. Double high five. So long story short, our guests today are <laughs> a husband and wife. Uh, Jack Locke is a musician and entertainer from New Orleans who plays in a number of bands around town. Uh, His band, The Jack Lock Rock Show, which I contend is one of the best band names I've ever heard, uh, has just released a new album called Loud Is Me, which you can get at jacklock.com and all streaming platforms. The link will be in the show notes because it's not spelled the way you think it would be. Uh, So he's the musician. His wife, Angie, is the Beatles' nut of the couple. She's an accountant and a painter, also a podcaster who co-hosts a show called Schumacast, a podcast that looks at the film work of Joel Schumacher. I love it. How about that? So, friends, please welcome to the show Jack Locke and Angie Tusa. Jack and Angie, how's it going, y'all? Welcome to the podcast. Going great,
0: man.
3: Going great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. Happy
1: to have y'all. How how has quarantine life been for you guys? I mean, you know, uh, (laughs) probably the same as for y'all
4: and everyone else. Yeah. It's, it's it's a planet wide experience, right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm able to work from home, which is great. <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously, as y'all know, the musician life not so yes, easy. I'm not right able now. to work at
4: all. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. You find you find little niches and stuff like that. You make it work.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And I I've seen you've done a couple things. It looks like like a house off of a lake somewhere, kind of playing to like a boat crowd. Uh, huh? Yeah,
4: that was a that was a Slide L series that we did. Uh, they did that for about I think eight weeks or something like that. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, just picking up little live stream shows that are being hosted out of clubs and such uh, yeah. here and there.
1: And uh, life as an accountant obviously has not slowed down, <laughs> I would assume. No,
3: no. People are still spending money, especially corporations. So. Yeah. yeah. I've got plenty to do. And you know, it's funny. I think that
2: like uh, what people are spending money on has shifted. Right. Um, and that's kind of like we're spending much more time in our houses and people are like, man. I really hate this kitchen.
1: Let's tear yeah. it out.
2: <laughs> we're yep. not going anywhere. It's not like we can go on vacation, so we're saving a bunch of money. So let's get a new kitchen, or you know, right. something let's, along those right. lines. Let's yeah. redo
1: our backyard, like right. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's interesting to see, like, what people are funneling their money into. I mean, we, Jonathan did, I shouldn't say we, Jonathan did a bunch of work in our backyard to make it cute because, like, that's really the only way we can see friends. So now we, you know, we put up, like, some string lights and, you know, freshened up our furniture a little bit, got a hammock. And uh, so now it's, like, a pleasant little place to, like, have a little evening gathering with a, a friend or two. It's lovely.
1: And, like, for musicians, it's like, well, I've got some extra money I could... I could buy a new pedal or a new guitar or, or some records. See, now that, it's that's like, well, the we need new I did all that
4: spending earlier. Right. And uh, yeah, I got nothing, nothing that I need or want anymore. So right. Like, all right, I guess I got to play with these things now. Right. I guess I got to do something so with I, I have Recorded. this nice
1: new amp and I have nowhere to play. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was a
4: very similar thing for me too. I got a new amp uh, in January. And, yep, yeah, same. And it's just sitting there. Oh, yeah. F- no. Fender Twin uh, Tone Master,
1: yeah. Yeah, February, I got a Vox on like this great deal that we found. And nice. bought it, and now it, it hasn't left the house yet. All I've done is right. play it in this room. <laughs> so, Aww. but at just, least I it's know it's retaining it works that well. new amp smell. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> the new amp smell. <laughs> it hasn't been covered in like spilled beer and like disgusting it, old. Is it microwave. even an amp then? Right. You know, without without all that. Right. You know,
4: Seventeen centimeters of gross all over
1: it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's hop back a little bit. Uh, let's turn the clock back. I'm curious to know. Uh, how the two of you both d- discovered the Beatles, you know, independently in your lives. I know, Jack, when you and I first talked about this, you mentioned that Angie was the big, big Beatles fan of the of the couple. So I'm curious Correct. for both of you individually, you know, where does it enter your lives?
3: OK, you want me to go, yeah, ahead, first? go ahead first? All right. Um, I, I can't tell you exactly when it started. I do remember in third grade. Being made fun of, because when they asked us to draw our favorite band, everyone else was doing New Kids on the Block, and I did the Beatles. Twinsies. We're twinsies. (laughs) I had the exact same shit happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's definitely been a long time, but it was when the Beatles anthology came on. Right. I watched that with my dad. We taped it, and then I watched it over and over and over and over and became obsessed. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where it's been ever since, so... That's definitely my story. Was
1: there like a first, uh, a first record or a first song that like grabbed you that made you really go like, oh shit, this is great?
3: Um, I know he had the Yesterday and Today album, mm-hmm. so I got a lot of play out of that for sure. Um, that era is still kind of my favorite. So... Right, same.
4: He did something to that album yeah. too, didn't he? We'll, we'll
3: tell that story <laughs> <Okay>. later.
4: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: All right, Jack. How about you?
4: Uh, yeah, I can pinpoint the exact song when I uh, became aware of the Beatles. It was I Am the Walrus. Nice. I was like three or four years old uh, and this song came on and it terrified me. Yeah. It just scared the shit out of me. And so, yeah, every time that it would start with that intro, I'd run out the room you know, as a kid, You know, as a small child. But it was funny to me because uh, we would take these road trips and stuff. You know, That was my dad spinning the record. Mm -hmm. Um, at the house because, you know, records were still a thing back when I was small. Right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess they're a thing now, but I mean, they were like one of the only things. back then. But yeah, he would he would play the oldies station uh, when we go on like trips in the car and stuff and Love Me Do would come on. uh, And I remember really liking that one. And yeah, I was like, who sings that? And, you know, they told me it's the Beatles. And I remembered you know, that's the same band that does the song that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I feel like from a very early age, uh, that, that kind of ingrained in me this sort of idea that, like, oh, okay, well, you you can be one entity and do many very different things. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, that was that was my first exposure yeah, to, I, uh, to the Beatles.
1: I think I had kind of a similar realization with that, because, like, the first thing that I can remember hearing by them is um, I should have known better. And then I remember going to buy a cassette because I wanted to like finally buy a Beatles cassette and not knowing what to buy because they looked so different on everything. Right. Um, And I just got the one that seemed the most obvious and it just said the Beatles and it was the White Album, which Mm. is completely different than (laughs) what's on A Hard Day's Night. And then good Lord, when like Revolution 9 came on, like just like I'm the walrus, terrified, terrified me as a child. How, How old were you? I was probably nine, eight or nine. I was young, okay, yeah. really young, and I just remember being horrified by like, what is this <laughs> wow. nightmare juice on this record? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, holy you can't shit. understand.
4: You got no point of reference for any of that. Yeah. And then
1: even like, as you know, as I got into it more, as I got older, when you would listen to things like, like once I first heard about like the Paul is dead rumor and all that, mm-hmm. and that's like an inherently kind of creepy thing when oh, you that's start listening. Deep
4: dive, isn't it? Oh, it yeah. is.
1: But when you're young and you start listening to things and hearing like i buried paul as a in in (laughs) strawberry fields in this kind of creepy ominous like mellotron thing and then you get a record and you can play it backwards in here turn me on dead man that's terrifying that shit is terrifying like yeah what a weird world to go from love me do to that like within the same you know catalog it's so bizarre yeah yeah uh so when you guys get together how old are you when you two meet when your courtship oh, starts. oh, we're, we're
3: doing
4: this, All
1: yeah, right. Uh, twenty-two
3: and twenty-three. Yeah,
4: okay. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, goodness. yeah, yeah. Twenty-two and twenty-three when uh, her and I got together. Yeah, yeah. I
3: think and that's I know old we were too. Yeah, we were right in that yeah. same ballpark. Yeah. Oh, this. All
4: right, you're making a creepy now. <laughs> this dude's got the same weird. hair and fucking face as me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stop. So, so at what point, Jack? Do you realize that she is like a, a, a Beatles nerd? pretty early on
4: uh i mean i'm a musician yeah. i've been a musician like professionally in yeah professionally since i was like 15 so uh yeah that's one of the first things you talk about absolutely yeah. is your tastes in music uh she was big in a tool and stuff like that i never really dug into them that much Same. um yeah yeah uh but yeah we it didn't take long to get on the topic of like older music you know yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff uh
3: well, and I remember the big thing more, yeah. was, because I lived on the East Bank, he lived on the West Bank, so there was a lot of driving back and forth to see each other and right. go places and things. Yeah. So we'd started bringing CDs. So he exposed me to Tom Waits and older Bob Dylan and all back, kind of different yeah. stuff back. And so somewhere along the way, I think he told me, he's like, you know, I like the Beatles, but I can't really, if I listen to a song, I don't know if it's John or Paul singing. I'm not that familiar or with
4: Georgia. it. Because I hadn't and dug like, that deep into him before. Right, like, we're
3: gonna fix that. <laughs> fix
4: that, yeah. So yeah, we, that's right. That is how yeah. that went. Yeah. So
3: we went through, starting with "Please, Please Me" all the way through Abbey Road, nice. going through every single, you know, at each car trip. Uh, yeah, a she and then she
4: force-fed me the whole uh, anthology probably. documentary
1: uh, series, dude. Ooh,
3: I have, and not. that's the DVD version. She's, probably by that point. So Julia has like longer.
1: somehow managed to like escape every time. I'm like. We have five free free hours. Do you want to watch the uh, anthology? She's like, I don't want to do (laughs) that right now. I do way that
4: happens. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. I I love love you, but no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have kind of a moment when we started dating when you were like, this guy's really fucking into the Beatles. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, you spend how much money on this crap? <laughs>
2: I don't think so. I think I just sort of accepted it as how you are. I I thought I actually found it really endearing because um how you talk about how you did, Angie. Also, like mm-hmm. when you were a kid, like everyone's listening to like New Kids on the Black and you're listening to like B.B. King and the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I find that adorable because you're like, well, I don't care what you're listening to. This is what I like and this is what I'm going to listen to. Like I think yeah. that's wonderful yeah. that you and you you've remained this way. Like you're always your own person. You always like what you like, and you don't really care what people think about it. I mean, I think that's pretty great because yeah. so many people are concerned with like what's cool. And, not that the Beatles aren't cool, and like sure. King is cool, you know. <laughs> but well, like, no. But
4: I mean, when you're like ten in nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty, right. right? Yeah, and you right. couldn't no. give
2: a shit about New Kids on the Block. Like you're weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, True.
4: no, that, that is a high vintage of not giving a fuck. Yeah. 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 That's,
1: uh, <laughs> right. I, well, yeah. I, you know, I think even at that age, it wasn't that I didn't give a fuck. It was just that, like, I was used to being, like, I was kind of, like, ostracized for other things. Like, at the school I went to, like, I didn't same. have, like, the uh, same <laughs> amount of money right. as every, like, my parents weren't rich. Um, I didn't live in the right part of town. So, like, I kind of got that shit anyway. So, I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to. Not like what I like because I'm getting made fun of for that because I'm getting made fun of for ten other things. Oh, like, yeah, I mean right. I think
4: that's the great constant through any period of civilization or history. Uh, kids are the fucking worst. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, and then I think you know even you know once you're in your your teens and twenties where I think you do kind of put more of a premium on people's perception of you or like of what's cool i oh, mean i maybe, time. I maybe yeah, wasn't time. so like open about the things that i like that weren't perceived as cool there was a time when like oasis was super out of favor and i was just like well yeah they're they're cool but meanwhile i'm yeah. like yeah. i'm like counting the time until the next record drops because i love oasis and now right. someone's like you like oasis and i'm just like man fuck you yeah i do eat shit <laughs> like, i don't give a shit now like that. And that's the good thing about like your 30s it's just like I'm settled into my ways, <laughs> piss yeah. off, yep. I like what I like. I can't care anymore. About I that. do not yeah. care any longer. Yeah. But I also, cannot. it I helps cannot. you to,
2: like, find your people, you know? Yeah. Like, you find people that either have the same likes or loves as you or you find other people who just don't care who like you for who you are and like don't care that you maybe like the Beatles a little too much <laughs>
4: yeah. I feel like a switch flips in your brain at some point between your mid-20s and your mid-30s yes. where it's just like it—it it is no longer chemically capable for your brain to give a shit about certain aspects that yeah. were yeah. really important once upon a time Yeah, true yeah, yeah. That's my experience. Yeah, and I think it (laughs) comes with just
2: like self-confidence and, Mm -hmm. you know, the older you get, the better you know yourself and the more confident Mm -hmm. you are in the person you are. And the more you know who you are and like who you are, the less you care what other people think about it. I think I grew into that pretty early.
4: Yeah, Yeah, I would say. (laughs) No, that's good, man. There's so many times I look back on my life and it's like, that would have gone so much better if I'd have just been a little bit more chill and cared a little bit less. No, that, that, yeah. I think that's spot no, that's, on. That's beautiful that you found
1: that uh, yeah.
4: center really early.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I think attracted me to you in the beginning was like that was something that I was like struggling with. Yeah. And that's definitely a way that I feel that I've grown since we've been together mm-hmm. is I've gotten more aware of like being comfortable in my own skin, being cool with who I am and liking what I like. Yeah. And that makes it easier to have a partner who, Helps, you know, kind of push for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Aw.
1: Yeah. Aw. Cool. Yeah. Is this like Aww.
4: marriage therapy? Or we need we need to get like a piano thing layered under this <laughs> this moment.
1: Da, 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 da.
4: <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so so Jack, who's your who's your Beatles then?
4: Who's my Beatles?
1: Yeah, if 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 the Beatles are like Angie's favorite thing, who's your who's your who's the band you saying. would start a uh, podcast about?
4: Oh goodness. Uh, yeah. Like she alluded to earlier with, uh, yeah, I would say like Beck, Dylan, Tom Waits for sure. Uh, David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bowie. Bowie's probably my Beatles.
1: Cool. Yeah. Nice. That's a, that's a good one. I can get down with yeah. that. Okay.
4: No, I, I, I've really grown into digging super deep into the Beatles, uh, since she, I mean, I had listened, obviously my dad had all the albums and stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd spin those as a matter of course, uh, And then my sister got the Sgt. Pepper on CD. Uh, I think I was a teenager, so I just stole that from her and listened to it over and over and over again. But I never really dug into it to the obsessive uh, brackets unhealthy level that you you and her did. Right, right. (laughs) But yeah, no, uh, I've really grown into more of putting that in sort of my milieu of uh, this is kind of what makes me – who I am, number one, as a, uh, a listener of music, but also as a producer of music.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Because
4: there's, 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 there's such a rich wealth to mine from. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not even trying to ape it or anything, just uh, just listening to it and gleaning like, oh, you can do that. I never right. thought to do it quite that way. And springboarding off of that, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the great things about their catalog and their their work as a whole in every aspect um is it really makes you realize like if you are doing something that you love to do there's really no limit to how you can do it or what you should do with it like and i think whether it's you know music or a visual art or film art or anything like that you know whether it's you know your music or your painting like you can literally Mm -hmm. just do whatever you want to do like yeah that
4: yeah you're you're Saying that, you're kind of touching on a through line for me that I never realized. Yeah, that's the same way with Bowie. It's the same way with Beck. Yeah. It's the yeah. same way with uh, Tom Waits to a lesser extent. but uh, Definitely Dylan. And Dylan, for sure. He never he never does the knows. same concert twice. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's the sort of thing I gravitate towards. So it's kind of yeah. interesting that I never did before. Yeah. To me,
1: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, would you guys look at any kind of role that the Beatles or their, or their, or their music play in your relationship. Like I was kind of thinking about this for us. Like, you know, we've had these great experiences together, like seeing McCartney live, uh, going to Liverpool and London and like visiting those spots. Um, you know, just like little fun, like, you know, going to see a hard day's night at the Britannia theater, like little fun things, uh, playing Beatles songs at our wedding reception, things like that. Um, and obviously I think there's been this kind of, at least me kind of like pulling her into this <laughs> fandom a little bit more, <laughs> you know. Sure. And obviously now we have this really great thing that we get to do, do, to do to do together. That when I first thought about it, like I would have never thought she would have wanted to to do this with me. Um, right. When somebody was like, "You should have a co-host," I was like, "Well, God, who am I going to get to do this like totally niche weird thing?" And she's like, well, "I'd do it." I was like, "No shit, really?" Um, <laughs> but it's great. Now I can't imagine doing it with anyone else. Um, yeah. So no, it's, it's
4: a good, it's a great dynamic, just yeah, with the like, uh, the way that you know you were brought into it and everything. Uh, you know, you've got that sort of perspective that someone who's like just as much into it as as, as Jonathan, uh, it's not going to work out quite as well, I think. Right. You've right. Got that sort of push yeah. and pull. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. If it's just like two nerds sitting around talking about how great the Beatles are, like, I feel like there's 70 podcasts that do that already.
4: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And the way that I feel about it is like, if someone is like 100% in agreement with me about anything, especially in the sense of like a host situation, mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, one of us is useless. You know, like, <laughs> you're not right? going to have
3: much discussion.
4: No. But at that, You're right. like, yeah, yeah,
3: that was great. You're right. Yep.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's great because I've learned so much doing the podcast. Like, I feel like I'm developing my appreciation for the Beatles and I'm forcing Jonathan to like, think about the songs maybe in a different uh, way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and have guests too. Yeah. like guests have, have forced Jonathan to think about the songs in a different way. Like, it's sort of, you know, it's all very moving around changing minds sometimes a mm-hmm. little, and just an interesting discussion.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's nice because it's forcing me to listen to songs that I've heard a million times and try to listen to them with not maybe fresh ears, but fresh perspective and yeah. mm-hmm. a bit more um, analytical perspective and realize. Well, yeah, that. it's
4: far too late for fresh ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for you, yeah. But it's interesting <laughs> but to, like, yeah.
1: all of a sudden hear a song, like, uh, we did an episode earlier on um oh, what's what was the song uh on you like me too much off of uh, help mm. and all of a sudden she like we're sitting on the couch and she's listening and she goes this is some misogynistic gaslighting <laughs> shit
3: i listened oh, yeah. to that episode and i listened yes. and i was like oh
1: my god you <laughs> you're spot on this always made me kind of weird but i get oh shit this is weird oh uh, yeah
2: like i remember he was like sitting in a chair in our living room and i'm on the sofa and i'm like listening to it and i just turned to him and my <laughs> eyes are like saucers and i'm like holy shit that's funny it hits you enough
4: this? it's like a kennedy 9 11 moment for you. you remember like where the furniture was <laughs> but, Like there was dust on top of the picture frame <laughs>
1: Where were you the moment you realized you liked me too much? It's was totally awful. gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
4: Yeah. Who <laughs> sings that one? Like, who wrote uh, that? That's song? George. George. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. That's a George. Well, watch tune. out for
4: the quiet ones. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. Well,
1: we're going to talk about the quiet one, actually. So let's do yep. this. Let's take oh, a quick break, and then we're going to come right back and we'll dive into one from the quiet one. So we'll be right back, you guys. Stick around. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have Jack Locke and Angie Tusa with us here, and we are going to do some ranking. Are you all ready? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Coming in at number 198 is Don't Bother Me. Since she's
0: been gone, I want to talk to me. It's not the same.
1: a little bit of backstory on this song so while john and paul had been writing songs since they were in their teens george hadn't tried his hand at writing anything until 1963 at 20 years old as the beatles are already gearing up for success in the uk Uh, it's august 1963 the band are on tour george is in bed with a cold and finally decides he has some time on his hands Uh, he's gonna give it a shot to see if he can write a song the result from this attempt is Don't Bother Me, literally the first song he ever writes. Um, it is a minor key lament about a jilted lover who just wants to be left alone to wallow. And it's the first time that we hear kind of the, the dour side of George that would become kind of a staple of many of his songs. So the band work on the song the evening of September 11th, 1963. Uh, the track features the standard Beatles lineup. Now, on the first night that they work on it, September 11th, Um, John actually tries to play his part through a recently acquired Gibson Maestro fuzz box. Uh, The result isn't quite what they're looking for, so they chuck it out the window and eventually settle on uh, running his guitar through a tremolo effect. Now, this actually marks the first time on record the band actively tried to alter the sound of their instruments uh, electronically, and it's kind of the beginning of their career-long search for new sounds on their record. Um, So at the end of the night, the band are not happy with the results of the, of the, uh, the track, so they reconvene the next day to work on it further, refining it uh, over a number of takes even though George is repeatedly trying to slow down the track and even on the master take you can hear him in the intro of the background of the song saying too fast uh, <laughs> Even though, but apparently didn't matter to the rest of the band they just kept pushing through at the same tempo <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, poor, George starts. Poor baby George. <laughs> George starts every. He counts it in every time, so it's on him. Aww. Like,
4: well, <laughs> he's just the little matter little is how the songwriter. drummer comes in. That's it,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, Ringo's gonna go with the tempo you give him. Like, that is what he does by design. So <laughs> yep. he's can't fault anybody. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so the song appears on the With the Beatles album in the UK at the end of '63, and makes its American debut on Meet the Beatles in early '64. It also makes a cameo in the film A Hard Day's Night. Uh, George is getting making sure that he gets uh, his cut of that uh, that royalty money on that smart man. (laughs) And then interestingly enough, we don't get another Harrison original on record until 1965, where he has two songs on the help album. So why do I have don't bother me at one ninety eight? So even George is on record saying he doesn't think very highly of the song. Uh, it was his first attempt. It was just an exercise in seeing if he could write a song. And he says the best thing to come from it was the realization that he could write something that wasn't awful. I know personally, Jack, you can probably attest to this. I would mm. never want the general public to hear my first song or even like <sighs> my first 20 songs. Ooh, if I, no. I would kill no. a human to keep those songs uh, <laughs> in yeah, the trash. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but interestingly enough, George's first song is on a record that sells like five million copies in the U.S. alone. So I think he probably gets a little more out of that song than just encouragement. And I'm talking about money. Uh, he probably yes. did pretty good on that little exercise. Um, but I think it's an interesting song. I think keeping a song in a minor key up tempo is a really challenging feat that they pull off really well. Um, I think it's a solid performance by the band. Uh, I think Ringo's playing is really great on it um george's solo is is well thought out which a lot of his solos at that point are kind of just like standard like garage guitar solos um but it seems like he's like put some time and thought into this and while it's not as melodic as he would eventually turn in i think it's a pretty solid solo um i think as a writer the cues he's picking up from john and paul are evident the vocal melody i think is really catchy i like how it ascends in the verses and then descends in the choruses And overall, I got to say, I think it's a solid first effort. I wish my first song was as good as this one. (laughs) And I think the band turned in a good effort on it as a group. Um, It's obvious that there's tons of room to grow from here, but overall, not a bad start for a 20-year-old songwriter. What do you guys think? I will open it to whoever would like to go first.
3: Okay, I guess I'm going... Y'all kind of looked at me, so I guess I'll go first. Um... I I like it um I really like the guitar tone a lot, mm-hmm. what they did with that tremolo. I think it, it works really, really well. I like that he didn't just try to write a Lennon-McCartney song. You know, I mean, I think that would be the pressure, obviously. That,
4: that, that's a fact he certainly did he, <laughs>
3: he yeah. very much did his own thing. You'll get,
4: you'll know, get your chance.
3: Ooh, <laughs> it's fiery um, over there. <laughs> and as, you know, being the quiet one and the introverted <laughs> one, I do think it's kind of cute that he's writing this song called Don't Bother Me. I mean, obviously it... Yeah. You know, in the context of the song, it's about because he's heartbroken, but it's still kind of like, leave me alone, guys. Please, I don't need 10 million mobbing fans (laughs) bothering me all the time. (laughs) Um,
1: And that's very much, like, also his kind of attitude anyway. Like, he never really warms to, like, the massive fame that they have. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah, you're right. Um, But, yeah, I, I like it. I... You know, it's hard. I don't think I could do what you're doing of ranking everything. Um, it's just such an undertaking. But if you were to ask me about George's songs as a whole, um, I would rank this higher than "Within You, Without You" and in "The Inner Light." Probably, I'm just not a fan of those sitar-based wow. songs. So, sure, you
4: yeah. don't you don't like songs
1: that only have one chord? You don't like that? <laughs> not, not as much. No, I'll give you that though. I, I think you know. Those the eastern instruments can definitely be a bit off-putting to some people because mm-hmm. like there's a there's a shrillness to the tone of those mm-hmm. things that some people just naturally just don't find yeah. pleasant. And, and that's I mean, fine. I
3: like the way it's used in Norwegian wood where you're making <laughs> sure. it a little more rock-oriented. But so it's when not
1: it's not necessarily right.
4: the instrument you don't. It's the care straight for. yeah it's the, eastern it's style, the, style yeah thing yeah. right. Such, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he started sure. playing it properly, you don't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right your turn uh, woof 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 what an Oof. out of tune droner based in yawn sauce <laughs> jesus christ yeah it sounds like someone trying to sound like the beatles you know what it sounds like it sounds like stock surf rock played behind an advertisement
1: oh Ooh, wow yeah I can it kind really of... does it's it's I like it's
4: it. like I you could hear the monkeys doing that song early in in the, that show's career
1: don't no. knock the monkeys, buddy. Oh no, 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 no! Okay. no okay, I grew up sure. listening
4: to the monkeys, but yeah, if we're we're not talking monkeys, we're talking I'm fucking I'm old Beatles listening right to right monkeys. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, did they not have anything else from those sessions that was better than this? Because yeah, I Ooh. it's out of tune. Like the guitars are like objectively out of tune with each other, that which is, I know they yeah. they had a lot of in the early stuff, and it works, mm-hmm. but it does not work. Uh, for what I don't know if it's because it's in a minor key now, so it's like more prevalent to my ears or something. But yeah, the first time I listened to this, it was like this is really like somebody needed to stop and just like, hey, give me a G. You know? I feel like it's also
3: <laughs> important to mention Jack hates songs in a minor. key. I don't hate all songs <laughs> in a minor key, but
4: yeah, they need to go somewhere like. It, that's what makes it boring to me. It's just like George yawning with his through his guitar for like two minutes. While my guitar
1: gently yawns. My, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't
4: know. I didn't care for it. Uh, it's not my least favorite Beatles song. There's probably like 15 others that I could pick below this one. but uh, Don't
1: let them out yet because we're going to come back to that. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm,
4: I'm. I've listened to the show. I'm not just a guest. I'm also a listener. Uh, it's gonna. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. I. I did not care for it though. Yeah. This. I. This would not end up on any of my uh, mixtapes, CDs, pod, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, yeah. It's. I didn't care for it. It, it was okay. kind of boring to me. It was. It was okay. very rote. It was very. Uh, help me out. What's the word I'm looking for? It was very. <laughs> it's very generic. Sixties. Okay. 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 Which is am... which is like, yeah, they're they they are not. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It was below com- their bar.
2: I'm completely in agreement with you, Jack. Like that's <laughs> e- that's like exactly where I landed with it. Like it's fine. Like again, there's a million songs out there that are worse than this. Like it's fine. Right. But it it nothing stands out about it. Like it sounds like a bajillion songs from the '60s, yeah. and. You know, I wonder if that stems from so many bands in the 60s trying to emulate the Beatles, you know, that 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 sort of that, you know, John and Paul classic, you know, 60s sound. Mm -hmm. And also George has kind of joined the ranks, you know, he's trying to do a John and Paul song and just kind of like he just lands like. A little bit below.
4: It, it just like yeah, like uh, like I said, it sounds like the also rams from the sixties. Mm-hmm. Like all these one hit wonders, you know, yep. never wases that that you can dig into that that pop up every now and then on like well, never on like terrestrial radio, but yeah. mm-hmm. like Sirius XM specialty. They're on like stations. Little
1: Stevens Underground Garage show or something. Yeah, like that. man, yeah.
4: stuff like that. Or it's like, oh, okay, that was a thing, and then you find out, oh, that's actually the Beatles. It's like oh really okay all right yeah
1: nice that's fun it's really funny because that's exactly the same that's exactly what you mentioned on the couch earlier yeah you're like this just sounds like every other generic 60s yeah all right it's not just me good good
0: it's just
2: very generic like and yeah it's just like okay it's a song from the
4: 60s congratulations it started and we're done what's next i hope it's better
0: yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Okay, so we're interestingly torn down the down the line of Beatles <laughs> right. fans versus casual fans. Interesting. Interesting, so, interesting. So at 198, would you say I'm in the right ballpark? Would you say I'm too high, too low?
3: I'm okay with that number. You're okay
1: with it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, there's, there's plenty
4: of songs that, that are to come that yeah. I, I have likely never heard before. Right. So yeah, it's it's hard for me to gauge like, yeah, that sounds actually exactly where it belongs. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not qualified to make that call. I mean, yeah, I defer to your fucking expertise. You know, you know what you're talking about. You go in all this trouble to make a podcast. Jesus, I would hope you you know what you're doing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean the beauty is it's all it's all subjective, you know, and I, yeah. I have to wonder, you know, is this the kind of song that as meddling as it may be is it the kind of thing that only, like, super fans are going to, like, excuse? Because mm-hmm. it, while it's it's not a great song, I guess, comparatively to not just George's work, but, like, the work of that entire, you know, time period. Yeah. Um, you know, is it something that we give a pass to as fans um, that maybe, like, I I don't know. Even George was like, "It's it's nothing worthwhile," you yeah. know.
4: Sure. Well, especially yeah. yeah, in comparison to his later work, uh, which was I'm guessing you know previous at that point when he made that quote, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't even it doesn't even sound like the same artist. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if
1: I wonder if once it came out, if, if and maybe this is why we didn't get anything from him for two years at that point. Mm. You know, was he just waiting until he had something that he felt was a bit more bulletproof.
4: Yeah. Could be. Did he spin the record and like, oh, boy, this really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I better come back when I got something. And what, was, what
2: did he come back with two years later?
1: Uh, well, he came back with I Need You, which mm. is, a, I think, a great song. And then You Like Me Too Much, mm. which, and well, as we discussed, mm. uh,
2: mm-hmm. maybe
1: not the best of songs. Does George
2: no. even like women? Like, does, does he?
1: George very much likes women.
2: But like, okay, yeah, we know. <laughs> Do you <Ooh>. mean <laughs> to tell me? <laughs> uh, but he, like,
3: I think he always. I'm sorry, he always struggled with lyrics, with writing lyrics. It's something that you hear about through all of his Beatles time for sure. So it doesn't entirely surprise me that yeah, some of them come out not so good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: like maybe he just isn't really good at expressing his feelings in words. Like, mm-hmm. put a guitar in his hands and be like, "Give me your feels with your guitar." Right. Amazing. Spot on. Like, oh,
4: yeah, his music
1: is undeniable. Crushing yeah. it. Yeah.
2: But try and convey your emotions through words, and he's
1: just like, <laughs> <laughs> he gets there. He gets there.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. Like
1: once you get to like, "While my guitar gently weeps," mm-hmm. something here comes the sun. And then, you know, once you when you move to like all things must pass and like into his solo work, there's definitely like but there's also there's some honkers in there. Like there's sometimes where he's just it's just not the best.
4: Yeah. As great of a
1: song as My Sweet Lord is, the lyrics are nothing to write home about. No. No.
4: And Piggies, I mean, I know some people swear by it and everything. It just it's a real clumsy song to me. It's like. Oh, did you get the irony that I was going for that they're eating themselves? <laughs> right. It's bacon? It's like, all right, a, it's yeah, bacon. it's not a good fucking metaphor. That was <laughs> his mom's suggestion. Oh, that was his mom's Never was... listen to your mom's, artist. <laughs>
1: well, that's why George sold a million records and not George's mom. Her <laughs> now watch, like, he's
4: going he's gonna to put Piggies as number one
1: on this list and, and this friendship over. The whole yeah. podcast. Piggies is number one.
2: Well, you've ruined it. Back it. Up. This yeah. is the I'm last episode, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I think we I think we can put a pin in this one. I think we're good. Oh, thank yeah, I heavens! So. I don't need to think about this song ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our next one, uh, guys. Would you mind giving me a drum roll? Coming in at number one ninety seven is "Ask Me Why."
0: I love you. Of misery.
1: So written in 1962 by John and released as the B-side to the Please Please Me single, Ask Me Why is the first time we hear the Beatles doing their best impression of an R&B vocal group. Uh, now, John was a big fan of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles at this time, and their song What's So Good About Goodbyes apparently had really caught uh, his attention. So much so that the opening guitar riff of that song was actually recycled for "Ask Me Why," a little uh, artistic borrowing, as you will. Mm. Um, and the group's embrace of the same uh, multi-part harmonies that groups like The Miracles uh, were known for is on one, is on display here in what I think is wonderful form. Uh, the band tracked the song several times; the first being in July of '62 with Pete Best on the drums during their EMI test session. It was given a run through later, September 4th, while deciding on what would be the B-side to their debut single, but was left off the ticket that day. And then finally, November 26th of 1962, uh, the band spent several hours tracking Please Please Me and then run through six takes of Ask Me Why, with the sixth one being the final take, no overdubs, all done live, which... For those vocals I think is really impressive.
0: Yeah.
1: Um to see guys who are twenty and twenty-one, I think George might even be nineteen at this point. Probably uh doing three part harmony like that is just impressive as hell to me. Oh. So, my thoughts on the song, why is it at number one ninety seven? I actually think the song is really interesting. Um, I'm a really big fan of when the Beatles kind of do R and B influence things like in the earlier years. Um, and it's interesting what the, how the, I feel like they mix a lot of things with kind of like a Latin groove in their early years. Yep. Mm. Um, and it makes for a really neat feel um, that I think is very different. And not a lot of groups at that time that I've at least heard uh, are doing that. I, th- I think it's an example of them being a lot further ahead of those groups, um, you know, compositionally and talent wise. And this is just on something that's going to be a B side. Um, the harmonies are just are so strong even if the kind of like woo-woo-woo and I, I, I bits are maybe a bit cheesy. Uh, but I guess it's kind of, it's also kind of charming. Um, I think John's lyrics, they're maybe a bit syrupy, but they show real literary growth. I, the line, I can't conceive of any more misery. Um, the way he delivers it makes it like such a great and unexpected rhyme scheme. I think is really cool. Um, I do think they outgrow this kind of song really fast though. Uh, and like looking, especially at like the woo-woo-woo bit. Uh, which is very much like emulating like doo and R&B and other groups. And they really move away from kind of aping other people's styles and their original music uh, pretty soon after this period where like a Beatles original starts to sound like the Beatles, as opposed to the Beatles sounding like so-and-so um, I think that, but overall I think their confidence and their skill on this delivery of the track uh, probably helped buoy it a lot more than the track is worth. Um, I think because they're so good at this point, they make the song better um, than it probably actually is. Um, and overall that, I think that makes for what turns out to be a really strong B-side track. So my, my own two cents on it. I open the floor to discussion.
4: <laughs> uh, I feel like it's like when I first heard it, all I could think was Roy Orbison as far as like songwriting structure. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause Orbison writes, he doesn't write pop songs, it's not verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, chorus, and uh, it's, it's almost operatic in nature, yeah. the way that he writes. You, mm-hmm. you, you will see sometimes a verse coming back in, but there's going to be an alteration to it, uh, mm-hmm. and a significant one too. You, nothing really repeats itself right. uh, in any kind of way that is really immediately visible. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have to chart the song out to be like, oh, OK, they're going back to A here and right. when they go back to A is is after they've done B, C, D and E mm-hmm. usually. Uh, and I feel like th- there was that approach to the structure, which I am really not accustomed to hearing from the Beatles.
1: Right. And that's an interesting comparison because. You know, John. They're all big Roy Orbison fans, especially. Mm. Sure. Um, yeah. And John, especially, was a huge fan. And "Please, Please Me," which they tracked earlier in that day, was originally written and recorded in a slower Roy Orbison feel, mm. uh, mm-hmm. with a very like "Please, Please," like like a higher yeah. octave sure, type thing. Them out and and George Martin's suggestion was like, no, man, pick that up and that's a hit. Yeah, uh, so that's definitely where they're coming from, like at this particular time. Wow. Uh, okay. So it's it's almost like you said, it's, like now I'm thinking about it, as you mentioned it, it's almost like a mixture of that Smokey Robinson and Miracles plus Roy Orbison type thing. Yep. Yeah,
4: I can yep. definitely hear the uh, Smokey Robinson with the woo woo woos, which I think they're a little too nasal to actually pull off, you know, mm-hmm. as good as it could have been. I, sure. I I would like to hear more of an R&B cover of this song to see if it works better for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. than this one did. That said, I like it a lot better than "Don't bother me," but uh, <laughs> no. Now you said that this was the sixth take out of six at the end of a day when they had just finished doing all the takes for "Please, Please Me." You can hear Lennon's voice cracking. It's Lennon, yeah. right? Lennon's yep. the, yeah. the lead. Yeah, yeah, he's got the lead on. See, yeah. Now I, now Have I, I can not taught this. you by now? Come on. <laughs> now, now I can tell. Uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, you can hear his voice cracking at one point, um, and I think it works in uh, it, it works in service of the song. Yeah, delivery. Uh, it's not a bad point, but yeah, it's definitely. It was noticeable to me at least listening to it.
1: And and they're at a point where they're working. You know, co- they're playing. You know, probably six nights a week. If no, not, they're a so working
4: thing. band. Yeah, they're not. I just, mean, they are working
1: just... their asses off. Yeah. Um, it's also a point where, like, uh, you know, warming up and therapy on your voice and taking care of your voice is not paramount. Yeah, they're smoking at they least at a pack of cigarettes a day, right. um, plus drinking ingesting whatever pills they're taking rallies and all that yeah. yeah I mean you know they're yeah. living they're not
2: so many excuses
1: <laughs> man up yeah whatever John's whatever. not like drinking like a hot oolong tea you know and like yeah Doing warm-ups before he does his, his vocal. With his vocal coach. Yeah. <laughs> over Zoom. Like, honey, what is this, breakfast time?
3: Well, at least he knew enough <laughs> to save Twist and Shout for last. You
4: know? Yeah, no, and right. I mean, his voice is just shattering all over that song, and that's what makes that's it work. That's what makes work. that one work. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: For me, my biggest problem with this song is it just doesn't sound like the Beatles. It sounds too much like them trying to emulate someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, When, you know, when we first, y'all gave us the songs, I was like, how does that one go? My main thing I remember is that there's the callback and what goes on.
0: Uh, here's, here's a hint: it doesn't go like the Beatles like, go. Yeah.
3: What, how does that one go? And so it was like, oh, okay, yeah. Now I kind of remember this one. This is just not one of those that I go back to and listen to very often. It's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. I I agree with you that some of the harmonies are really good on there, but yeah, just not one of my favorites. I don't know.
1: There's nothing. Yeah, I think I think that's there's. That, that the beauty of the show is that there is no wrong answer on it, you know. Right. Um, and I, I, you know, one oh, of give the me a chance. I, I'll find a wrong answer. <laughs> 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 Strawberry Fields Forever. This song is shit. <laughs> this song should be at the bottom.
2: <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> we're gonna get—we're gonna get tweets.
1: <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> now, one of the things I thought was interesting when I was reading about this and doing some research, um, you know, when they're it's the September 4th session uh, and they're kind of going and showing George Martin different songs that they have uh, to consider what's going to be the B side for love me do. And uh, they offer this up as opposed to some other stuff that was in the canon that ended up getting used later. So they, I think they felt some confidence in this probably because th- they knew like the vocal performance could be so strong because, like, they were so good at doing those harmonies. Sure. Um, so I almost wonder if, like, they felt that confidence in it. Um, and, you know, they play it live for a while. Um, there's actually a really cool live version uh, from Hamburg, December of 62. Um, that shows, like, even on stage, they, they just they nailed this thing live. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like you know they as writers they grow so fast yeah they just grow so fast um, <laughs> <laughs> you know within you know probably two months three months of 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 putting the record out they're going man we're we're way past this yeah. you know like We've just written, she loves you, and I want to hold your hand. Like, what are we doing with this? Mm-hmm. Like, let's yeah. knock this out. So, yeah. <laughs> woo, 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 woo.
2: Honestly, like, I think this is probably, like, the funniest delivery in music. Bump, <laughs> bump, bump. Bum, misery is, like, <laughs> hysterical to me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: That happened. It's a bit jazz handy.
2: Right. I was like, how are you making, like, a little. Peppy pop song, and then you're like, "Yeah, misery." Like, <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, that was a little jarring, but I'm into it." Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like. The, I, like the, I enjoy the juxtaposition.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, it's it's an enjoyable tune. Uh, I enjoy it when it comes on. I don't often like start my day off thinking like, "Don't you on Ask Me Why." But um, (laughs) yeah,
4: no, that's a bad day when that happens. Right?
1: (laughs) I don't know that many Beatles fans do that though. I'm curious if this is anyone's favorite song. Though I would love to know that.
4: You say that at the beginning of a day, you know, you're going to the dentist.
2: Yeah, I I also don't think that like this level of um, sort of like being in touch with your emotions matches with like a four kind of shithead kids. (laughs) You right. know, like they're yeah. they're kind of shitheads a little bit. You know, they're young and stupid, yeah. and like you know 20? they're yeah. They're, you don't yeah, know They're funny, yet. and you know they have their, that whole personality. And I I'm just not like the 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 message of the song just doesn't gel. Like I'm just not buying it. Like buying like it. they're cutesy love songs. Like okay, mm-hmm. I'll take it. But this one, like I'm crying because I love you so much. Like no, John, you're not. Like you <laughs> no. I'm
1: just, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Well, Angie, I I think you kind of hit it on the head. Like it just, it doesn't quite sound like the Beatles. It sounds like the Beatles trying to sound like someone else.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of the things about like their, their earliest songs. And this, I I think fall probably is the case for any writers. You know, your earliest work is always kind of like a product of your record collection. Mm -hmm. And it takes a while before you like, you know how to write your own kind of song. Um, and I think this is still one of those points where it's like a product of their record collection. Like even when you go, if you go and listen to the, the miracle song, uh, what's so good about goodbye, the guitar intro at the top is the same guitar intro at the top of ask me why just wow. different key. Like they were just like, oh, they, pulled, they
4: pulled a Chuck Berry. Yep.
1: So, yeah, I, you know, I think it's the, it's, it's a product of a, of growing writers Mm-hmm. Um, you know, up and coming writers, but obviously, the uh, the promise is there. They show yes. they show good potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so one ninety seven. Think we're good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Accurate about it. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Good consensus. <laughs> we've <laughs> we've knocked two more off the list. Yes. Progress. <laughs> yes. Well, let's take a quick uh, a quick pause for the cause, as they used to say in Radio Land. And uh, we'll come back and do some rapid fire questions. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. Jack and Angie, can we do some rapid fire questions? Yes. Oh, sure. Why not? Wonderful. Julia, rapid fire theme song. Go. Rapid
0: fire. Yes. Is that it? I can't oh, remember. That, <laughs> that's that's going to be That's
1: production right? value there. That's, <laughs> wow. When did y'all record that? <laughs> did not Pro Tools. Use a oh, new yeah. console. Yeah, <laughs> a little tossed it off my home studio. I didn't
2: warm up the pipes, you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to put it like in a memo on my phone so I remember what to do every time. Because every time you're like, do the song, and I'm like, what's the song?
1: <laughs> I'm just going to take it out of this episode and just repurpose it.
2: Perfect. There or it can. might be funny yeah. if it's just different every time. Just That's like, perfect. whatever I'm feeling that day. However <laughs> How you feel that <laughs> day. Maybe someday it'll be like Smokey Robinson. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Maybe some days it'll be like, don't bother me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Mm.
1: (laughs) All right, y'all. Rapid Fire number one, your favorite Beatles song. Go.
3: Probably Strawberry Fields Forever. The lyrics of that one are very uh, personal to me a lot. So, yeah.
4: I love it. She said, she
1: said, uh, followed very closely by Revolution, the, the single version. Okay, nice. She said, "She said doesn't get enough love." I think yeah. I really like that song. Yeah, it's that's, really it, a cool it, tune.
4: It just hits a lot of buttons for me.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. All right, your least favorite Beatles song. It,
3: you know, it's kind of it's hard to say. Um, probably "Wild Honey Pie." Yep,
4: that's mine too. I'm, that uh, one is
3: just it grates on it's me. It's an I irritating,
4: can't. self-indulgent loop. It's mm. not a fucking song, it's, and this is—it's on the same album as Revolution Nine. Right. And I'm yeah. saying that, yeah. <laughs> right. At least Revolution Nine had some kind of thrust behind to it. Do he, was, yeah, he was, yeah, he was trying to do. Well, they were trying to do. No, so let's be honest. You're, right, you know, you're there, right. There is no he. There is only Zool. <laughs> yeah. At, at that point. But yeah. No. Wild Honey Pie by fucking far. Yeah. Gross. The,
1: it's funny. That's one of those things that, as I've gotten older. I feel like I've gotten more into, like, the really weird shit,
4: mm-hmm. and
1: I really have grown to enjoy that song <laughs> to a point where I know that that episode and its placement is going to infuriate oh, me. Oh, I can't I'm wait. Sure. And I'm, I'm going to hear that.
4: I want to listen to that episode. If not, You've got a long
1: <laughs> time to wait, my friend. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wow. wait. No,
4: man, because I've got harsh noise projects, side projects, and I hate that song. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That's a now, bad one for you, me, man. Can you do a cover of that in your Harsh Noise project? Yeah,
4: I feel like I've done a cover of that every time I've gotten a new plug-in and I just want to masturbate on my <laughs> fucking instrument for like 30 seconds. <laughs> I feel like I've done like a hundred wild honey pies in my time.
2: Paul McCartney goes to... I feel like we should have them back for that episode since no, they more did like did Paul so McCartney
4: much. doesn't try. That's what that one should be called. Yeah. <laughs> Oh
1: my god, I love it. That, that that's Paul McCartney good.
4: being like, yeah, these fucks will buy whatever we put out.
1: <laughs> I oh, kind of feel like that might be accurate. That's,
4: that's what Lennon wrote I Am the Walrus about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Shit like much. that. It's like, yeah,
1: all right, figure this one out.
4: Mm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, your favorite Beatles album?
3: You know, it's Rubber Soul and Revolver are mm-hmm. like. Right there, and maybe Rubber Soul inches it out just a little bit That's more.
1: That's funny. That's funny because yeah. I,
4: I feel the same way, and Revolver edges out Rubber Soul for me.
1: You guys are the perfect couple. <laughs> it's adorable. It is adorable. Here's the,
4: oh, cue the piano part again. Yes, yeah, under this bit. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> the Scrubs, uh, the oh, scrubs sensitive yeah. piano. <laughs> Time, if, you, if so. you haven't heard the uh there's a scrubs we re- rewatch show with zach braff and donald on mm. that's really really good and they talk about how at some point they realized that was like a recurring like joke bit like <laughs> them like realizing that the melody was a right. thing was like and the discovery of like the one time like i think there's an episode where like zach braff's character actually just goes like <laughs> 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 like, yeah, that's right. what makes it like the sad thing and like it just took it off from that point like what is funny is that
4: you did the little the little riff there and my mind didn't go to scrubs instantly it first went to dr Katz it's like I yeah. mean <laughs> here's the that's music you know thing, what that yeah. means that means our time is up wow <laughs> I haven't seen
1: Robot. that show forever Amazing. right yeah, yeah. now Man. now we
4: have definitely dated ourselves here yeah. right <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. whoops Presenting squiggle vision this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right what is your least favorite Beatles album
3: I I mean I feel like in terms of the one that I go back to the least is probably Beatles for sale
1: okay it's yeah. just
3: like too much you could tell they were they were just churning them out at that point it was like we need to put another album out so here you go
1: Christmas markets coming up. We got to get yeah. product in the store. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's really that's Time what it is. is you know? here again. Yeah. I love that song. <laughs> o <O-U-T> U <laughs> like
4: T spells out. <laughs> yeah. Now, for me, I, I like a lot of songs on it, but if we're talking just cohesive albums, it's got to be White Album for me for my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not so much a Beatles album as it's like a bunch of solo EPs, just yeah. kind of mashed together, and then a track from Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like listening through the whole way. Um yeah, the value of individual songs doesn't matter to me in that scope so much as like the album as a whole experience and yeah, White Album. I don't know, especially knowing the history behind that album and where they were personally, it's just a depressing listen to me. Yeah. It's Do not guys- Beatles. it's Paul, it's John, it's George, it's Ringo
1: um yeah. Yeah. doing their own thing
4: your own way no it's uh
1: yeah it's <laughs> do you find when you know the backstory behind the creation of something does it affect your enjoyment of it oh yes. i mean of like art yeah it i
4: can still enjoy like if i enjoyed songs with ignorance uh i can still enjoy them on that level um you know it does nothing no no amount of information ruins uh a listening experience for me but yeah it does it does change it um if if I'm really listening in depth to something, yeah, yeah, but I mean, even before I knew about what was happening uh historically with them, uh, you know, like I said, my pop would spin these records, and whenever he put White Album on, it's like these. Even as a kid, I'm like these songs don't belong together. Yeah, <laughs> and and it wasn't in the same way that "Love Me Do" and "I Am the Walrus," you know, yeah. hit me as a kid. It was just like something something wasn't right when they recorded this. You know, yeah. <laughs> Do these guys like each other? That, yeah. And, oh, they didn't.
2: <laughs> what about you, Angie? Do you consume, like, a lot of, like, music documentaries and, like, to get the sort of background behind oh
3: yeah like I said I mean yeah. the anthology was oh yeah you watch
2: the anthology God, you're yeah. good
3: <laughs> so I mean yeah I've watched the eight days a week I've watched you know and I mean I think what we watched the Harry Nelson documentary oh, that was really yeah. great that was yeah, such yeah, a good one we watched one. Yeah. Um, Scott Walker is that his name
4: yeah, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> that was a fascinating you, you want to go deep into some uh, But yeah, avant-garde. yeah Scott Walker all that Walker. kind of stuff for sure there's your guy there's your off ramp yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> have you guys seen the big star documentary
3: the which
2: one? The Big Star documentary. I
4: have not, Do
2: you listen I to Big guess, Star?
3: I don't think so,
0: no. Oh.
2: Do you listen to Big Star?
3: I guess not.
0: <laughs> I, I guess uh, we don't. Well, well tonight, <laughs> yeah. Guess what Gang. you're doing with the rest of your <laughs> I guess Sunday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Y'all gots to get on the Big Star train. All right.
3: Wait,
1: what, uh,
0: what genre
3: wheel. is that? that was, uh, Rock. Okay.
1: they uh, Power Pop. Oh, well, put a fine uh, one yeah. on can yeah. Go Power Pop. <laughs> you're good. Power yeah. Pop. Yeah. That's better. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's very much um, British invasion influenced, uh, like sixties influenced music through a early seventies filter. Okay. If that makes okay. sense. Like it's basically like guys who were competing with like the Led Zeppelin to the world by writing really great Beatle-ish songs. Ooh, I not have... ish in like they sound just like the Beatles, but like the influence of like. Melody is so important. Uh, you know, well-recorded, beautiful, pristine pop rock songs.
4: Okay. I have wanted to ask you this since we did that show like two years ago at Hi-Ho or something, and I never got around to it that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, and you agree at times, I think. Yeah. I think uh, so. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Yes. Uh, ELO uh, is, if the Beatles had made it into the 70s, Mm-hmm. Uh, squeeze is if the beatles had made it into the 80s oh.
1: interesting okay <laughs> i haven't considered squeeze uh in that regard but i could see that yeah i would almost feel like xtc might be in that category as yeah, well
3: i can see that too mm,
1: mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. elo definitely um mm-hmm. i mean even you know, i think even lennon's on record is saying like you know they they picked up where I and the walrus left off like they are yeah. like mm-hmm. what we would have done had we gone on uh I didn't consider squeezing that though that's a good point yeah that's every really single
4: squeeze song I've heard and like you know yeah there's there's all what's the big one that, I can't
1: the fruit of another tempted
4: yeah, yeah that. Yeah. I mean yeah there's that but I mean every time I like dig a little deeper you listen to like serious on first wave or something they'll play squeeze songs like oh I never heard that one before it's like Wow, that's like the Beatles via the eighties, you know. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for me at least.
0: Interesting. I I,
2: like. I actually had like a Squeeze greatest hits record, but I never like. Did like a deep dive went, further, went further into, the into like B-sides
4: and, C-sides yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I want to like
1: I know so I know singles and that's yeah. kind of the the mm-hmm. gist of what I know. But now I'm like now, I, now I'm curious to dive into that. Yeah. That's what yeah. We're yeah.
2: doing with our yep. Sunday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you guys do big star. We'll it's, go squeeze. We'll report back at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, one more before we wrap up. Um, I'm going to alter this a little bit. Uh, typically, the question is your favorite memory associated with the Beatles or a Beatles song. But I would like to say your favorite memory together as a couple that is Beatles oriented.
0: I have
4: one. Yeah, go for it. It's probably um, the same
1: one I got.
3: We went to see Liverpool Legends okay,
1: so not, together. Yeah, that
3: was a good not, one. Yeah. Um, but, and we were actually in the front row. So and like it, at one point they're like, "Come on, rush the stage, be like the old days," you know. They did a really good <laughs> So job we with were that like show, right yeah. there. And you usually ask about your favorite Beetle, and you didn't. I don't know if that was coming up. Oh, um, I, we'll, s- um, <laughs> circle back.
1: We'll circle back. I think back, we, we have like a go. new
4: host. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've been dethroned. Um, no,
3: I feel like it's important to say John is my absolute favorite. Yes, yeah, love same. Love, 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 it's John all the way for me. So I'm with you. We were Cosine. like right on like the stage it was stage left i guess and then he's like right there so i'm like right underneath john you're right there next to me yeah yeah and what i think you said he started kind of giving you this like i know you're a musician look kind of thing i, I or wouldn't something. go that
4: far no but like there was somebody there. somebody fucked up <laughs> and he just <laughs> made direct eye contact with me and did this sort of eyebrow and shrug like yeah, you saw it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what happened, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, but no,
3: that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And getting to do that yeah. together was yeah. really great. Yeah.
4: Yeah, for yeah. me it was uh, it was in my life. We did dance to that for our oh. uh, our wedding, right? You're going more romantic. Yeah. Same, same. Aww. You cad, you. I know. You. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was the it was the concert. Yeah, it was the concert. It really was. I'm just trying to make a dick out of you.
1: (laughs) Like any good marriage should do. Amazing. Awesome. So I would actually
3: like to tell another, basing it because I was expecting the regular question. This is. I'm you sorry. I probably
0: sound off off I'm sorry, right. man. My bad. Bad. I'm sorry. You, this is probably your
3: first now. like fan listening to the you know being on the show. I probably right. sound weird. I apologize. But um, no, I want to tell y'all a story that it's technically not my memory. It's my dad's oh, memory. Yes.
4: Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's
3: yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, so
4: actually, i go grab the visual for, for people
3: who don't know, the yeah. original cover of Yesterday and Today had a picture that I believe is usually referred to as the butcher. The
1: butcher cover, yeah. Cover. I meant to ask you about this earlier.
3: Yes. So it was them in butcher jackets covered in baby doll parts and meat. Mm-hmm. How anyone thought, yes, let's go ahead and release this for sale <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's called art and shit, bro.
3: <laughs> but it uh it was put out, people complained amazingly, yep. how can you imagine? <laughs> So they recalled it, and then they slapped a new cover on top of it, which is much more typical Happy Beatles, you know, in their suits, smiling, and so forth. So when my dad was in college, so this would have been late 70s, he heard that if you had a copy of the butcher cover, it was worth a lot of money and was worth Shit. selling. Shit,
1: where is this going where I think it's going?
3: So he gets this great idea that he's going to steam the cover off, yeah. <laughs> of his regular, you know, covered
1: version. Shut the version. front door, y'all.
4: <gasps> Holy so, shit.
1: All right, can, for our listeners at home, Jack is holding up a second not state. not go
3: well, okay? No, that <laughs> went
1: really well compared to a lot of the ones I've seen.
3: I mean, yeah, you, it's it's the cover y'all. now, but it's got a lot of you know scrapings. And, He's holding yeah, up a man.
1: second state yesterday <laughs> and today with the trunk cover taken off. The butcher yes. cover in very good condition. <laughs> that yeah, you got? Do y'all have any children?
3: We do not. Oh goodness,
1: no. Don't <laughs> just take take oh, care goodness. of the. Record. I would not spread this. Just because... take care of that record like a baby, because <laughs> that thing is. That y'all. That's your retirement. Brat, that is. That is. In a, well, in like, a it's pickle. Not gonna fool that anyone. is a no. Lot
4: it's got tears know? all over but, um, it, or the steam didn't take. I guess.
3: I just, I just love that. That he was, he figured it out. He was gonna do it.
1: Yeah. Y'all, that that's incredible. I've only ever seen them like behind counters at record stores, you know, <laughs> and like some guy sees me eyeing up, and he's like, "You don't have the money for it." <laughs> 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 that's impressive
2: that's amazing yeah. I can't believe you have one
1: I, yes. I meant when you mentioned it earlier I meant to ask what if it yeah. was a butcher cover <laughs> just because yeah. like the odds would have been so small and right? there you go holy exactly. cow yeah Wow. I mean I
3: do but yeah All
1: right. <laughs> wow well, I'm definitely going to be sure to not uh, put your address anywhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> that no. man, that's impressive. Yeah. Wow. You
2: should probably also like erase their last names from everything.
1: <laughs> Jack. Angie. Yeah. Oh man. Well, y'all, this has been so much fun, man. I yeah, really, yeah. Uh, really have enjoyed it. This has been great talking to another another couple of musical and beatle influenced yeah. people. Yes. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed. I hope you guys would come back and do it again. Yeah, Absolutely, I'm into it. yeah. Just let me wonderful, know. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Jack, I mentioned uh, in the intro that you've got a new record out called "Loud as Me." You want to talk about it a little bit before we go? Yeah, on?
4: I recorded an album called "Loud as Me" this year. <laughs> <laughs> It's out now. Uh, go to jacklock.com. Make sure you spell my name right. Um, and uh, <laughs> J-A-K-L-S-E-K-E dot com. And there's tons and tons of links of where you can buy that from. Or, or Stream it. Check it out if you're into checking out music you've never heard before. And because he's
3: not as great as promoting, I'm just gonna say it's basically as close as getting the live performance on a record
4: of the Jack that
3: you can get. They really went all out and tried to make it as loud and crazy as the show. Yeah, yeah. The guy. It's a good thing, especially in these COVID times, (laughs) to get a little bit of a yeah. We
4: recorded over at Studio 13. It's Ryan Tussell. He did a real good job of capturing the uh, the energy of those songs and if
1: I can if I can say I think Jack Lock Rock Show is literally like one of the best band names I've ever heard like it's so simple and to the point but it's just it's so catchy and good like that's just a great name that's a great band name
2: it sounds like it should also be like a TV show
1: yes and now, next up, the Jack Log Rock Show. Hosted by Matt Pinfield. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What's up, guys? This is Matt Pinfield. Welcome to the Jack Log Rock Show.
2: Stop dating us.
1: Oh, man. It, were it makes really sense. Just,
2: oh, my goodness.
1: This is Kurt Loader. Matt Pinfield's out today.
4: <laughs> is he out of prison? He's out of prison now. Who's in prison? Matt Pinfield, right? No. What? Ah, gotcha. No, I, 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 don't, I have no idea
1: what he's up to. <laughs> I know he's been like am I can see I his entire important. like
4: bust and face like anytime anybody says his name. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's in an in identifiable the, in, in the brainstem at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> an identifiable flesh colored orb. Of a man. A
4: flesh golem draws me. <laughs>
2: and Angie, tell us about your podcast. Yeah.
3: Oh yes. So it is called ShumaCast, and we are going through the. Entire filmography of Joel Schumacher because you know, so many people they always remember Batman, Robin Batman and, and Robin, everything, but he also did Lost Boys, he did a phone booth, he did um, Phantom of the Opera. Like, he was a similar to kind of like with the music we're talking about, he was a director who did not want to be typecast and mm-hmm. did many, many different things. So, um, yeah, you know, not all of them are great, obviously. I would not defend batman and robin it's for his anything. wild honey
1: pie um, <laughs> yeah yeah
3: but uh no it's I'm a so really it's been a really interesting journey through his career we just finished um the episode that was out was batman forever and then i believe by the time this goes up we should also have one called the babysitter which has alicia silverstone and i think it's uh, jerry london L. Is. no is you're thinking of the crush
1: Yes, God, was that movie fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this God. Is, this
3: one is also pretty fucking weird, and I don't necessarily <laughs> recommend it, but mm. like I said, Alicia Silverstone and one of the London twins, that was at least a fun uh, flashback to the 90s. Wow. Movie. Wow.
1: wow. <laughs> yeah.
2: That is extremely 90s. I was yes. uh,
1: They popped in my head today because um, Kevin Smith was talking about that's like the 25th anniversary of Mallrats or something yeah. like that. Ooh. And Ooh. they're doing. Uh, he's, of oh, course, right. is doing a Mallrats sequel now, twenty five years mm-hmm. later. Um, and I'm like, I wonder if Jeremy London will be in that because, like, wasn't he shitty?
0: I don't know. I think he
1: was like abusive or something. He did something oh. shitty. Uh. Wow.
0: One Maybe of the Londons
1: right. was was shitty. At the end of the day, I, I forget. Know. But well, if you're an actor, yeah. it's a roll of the dice, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> uh, e- well, now that e- we've touched on domestic violence, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's wrap a... up the show. <laughs> Speaking of John, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, we oh, don't. Oh,
3: that oh, man circle. grew
4: <laughs> and learned Yikes. from his mistakes.
0: <laughs>
1: yes yes
4: mm. uh low hanging
1: fruit i gotta i gotta grab it you yeah. gotta grab it someone's got to. low
4: hanging fruit's the juiciest
1: <laughs> well y'all this has been a blast man thank y'all so much for joining well, us on you. the show today thank you for having us and up. uh let's do it again hopefully Absolutely. we can do it in Internet. person next time yes killer well y'all have a great weekend and we will holler at you soon all right okay. awesome thanks y'all,
0: y'all. bye
3: bye
1: jack Locke and angie Tusa, y'all how about so that fun. so much fun
2: it was nice to talk to another couple. I know.
1: I feel like we, it's rare that we meet other, or we talk to other couples anymore. Yeah. Because we're always in lockdown. Right. We're always uh, just keeping it by ourselves.
2: We usually have like one visitor a week yeah. in our backyard. Yeah. I should specify. We're doing it safely.
1: Oh yeah. got to keep it safe.
2: We space it out in our backyard, but it's like one or two other people. And we're like, hi.
1: Yeah. And then we're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Peopling uh, is hard. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun to see, you know, how this music has affected other, you know, not just other people, but other couples and, you know, seeing kind of similar, uh, you know, signposts in their, in their uh, relationship lifespan, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. I felt like there was going to be something cool there. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys think? We've got uh, Don't Bother Me at 198, Ask Me Why at number 197. Do you agree or disagree? Are one of these your favorite songs? We would like to know your thoughts. So leave them in the comments on Facebook or Instagram. Had to swallow there. Uh, Like us on all your favorite social media sites. Tell a friend. Leave a a review. Preferably a good one. If it's a bad one, it will be tossed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's about all we got this week, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Have you enjoyed it, Julia? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, gang, this is the last opportunity we have to tell you to please go vote. If get you, your butts to the polls, if you are listening to this Tuesday, November 3rd, the day it's released and you haven't done it yet, please make sure you go vote today.
2: This only applies to Americans. I know we have some international listeners. Yes. We are sorry, but for it's those very of
1: you important. in other countries, Please keep your fingers crossed for us. Yes. Uh, Yes. So until next week, assuming that we're all alive, then we will be back with a new episode. So take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all.